Thanks for having me. Let's let's just start at the beginning. Let's talk about you and discuss kind of where you're at now, your current situation, family, kids, work, that sort of stuff. And then we'll just dive back into the things that we've talked about before. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm Aaron Paul. My Twitter handle is up Aaron Paul. And we got connected, yeah, as you said earlier from, from Twitter. And really, our, our main connection was through... Uh, sobriety and uh, discussions around that that subject matter i uh came to twitter from uh podcasting and um i was the host of ico 101 which is a crypto 101 podcast for you know more than a year i started uh investing and doing stuff in uh cryptocurrencies in 2017 through the run-up so they call it the run-up where you know, the, the, it was just going crazy and isn't in the news and, and all the way down. And I've just been in it so through this whole, this whole cycle. And during that time, I realized that what I want to do, what I, what I was doing at the time, which was working for somebody else for so long, I didn't want to do it anymore. And so I was looking for uh, avenues and mediums to get out of the nine to five, if you will, even though I never haven't I haven't worked a traditional quote unquote nine to five in a while, but it's it was a job. It was working for somebody else, and and I wanted to get out of it. And I was out of it for some time before, but life decisions got me back into it. And it's really addicting. It's really, really simple, really easy to get caught up into a worker's mentality and working for somebody else. And it did. It happened to me. I, I started getting used to the money and the quote unquote security that's involved in it. And so, um, so yeah, so, uh, you know, I started working with, uh, my friend's podcast and, and then I, that's, that was when I realized that, that freedom, remote freedom, the ability to work for yourselves, this whole online ability to work remotely is really possible for me. And it's possible for so many other people. Cause I just really thought that somebody, people who worked online or remotely had some gift that I never had or could ever have. And so, so I started actively trying to be on social media and figure out my voice and figure out uh, how to communicate with the world, essentially. And I, and then, and that was, that was really difficult for me to do at first, just to put myself out there. I used to be a very private person, never a public person. And, and I really had to put a lot of deep thought into what it's, what is it like to be a public person? I might not be famous and it's, it wasn't for ego. It's for what am I saying that's going to be on this internet for the rest of my life? And am I going to be ashamed of what I put out there for my kids to someday find? Cause it, cause there's, a strong possibility that that can happen or will happen and is happening today. Definitely. And, and so, and so, uh, yeah, man. And so that led me to, uh, you know, we, we sold the podcast and late of 2018 and, uh, we rebranded and kind of, we, we did this handover with the, the new owners at the beginning of the year. And so I got 
I don't have a podcast anymore, I, I, but I'm still in the crypto space and I, and I have a couple of businesses that I'm working on in the crypto space. And I, and I, I, uh, as, as far as that nine to five goes, I'm still working a job. I was able to, I took an uncomfortable step and took a significant pay cut to work for a different company so I could spend more time working on my side hustles. Uh, I got an e-commerce. I just, I launched recently, uh, a safe brand, a biometric safe brand. And, uh, on a, on a Shopify shop, but, um, with, a, with another company that helped me get that all set up. And, and I got a, a consulting agency in the crypto space that I'm getting ready to launch. It's been, it's both of those have taken some work and, and I hope that, uh, with my new, the new, and the reason why I switched that job was to have more time to do that, have more time with uh, my family, uh, and spend more time doing the things that I want to do. And not so much chase the money and the, the the comfortable feeling that comes with having that. Yeah, and through talking to you, yeah, it inspires me. So talk talk us a little bit through crypto because actually that is something that we've talked about, which I'm still a noob in. So for the listeners, it might be quite good to just get a little bit of background on that sort of stuff. Uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, they're talked about hand in hand. Uh, crypto probably has a little bit more of the, the face, but the blockchain technology is the technology that is behind it. And essentially, blockchain is a public ledger that lives uh, in, in the internet, in the ether. And it, it can't be regulated. It can't be changed. And it, it goes on forever as long as there is one node or one computer that has that blockchain on its device. So essentially it'll live forever because there's no way that all, there's no devices anywhere. And that's it. It's a, wow. it's, it's, it's a public base. It's a basically a public ledger that can track transactions, whether that transaction is some object, some contract, a anything of store of value it's public decentralized and unstoppable. we can chase that down the rabbit hole for like hours and days and months i'll tell you something about the the crypto space and, and understanding blockchain technology i've interviewed and, and and probably even my definition my little two minute spiel of that is is a little is a little bit rusty <laughs> I, I could probably refine that a little bit a little bit better and, and make that a little more comp, uh, comprehensible. But essentially, anybody who wants to get into this this technology is going to take about six months to really understand it, what it is, and the impact of it. And the rest of the world is still gripping to understand it. And 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 after talking to a lot of people in the space, that's about the time. And it's it doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter. I mean, so I've talked to brilliant people and it took them a while to wrap their head around it. So it can be intimidating at first, but everybody's, unless you're really genius level, are just, it takes a little bit of time. Just like anything, anything that anybody learns new is difficult. Of course, it's about putting in the work. So it's not just a waste of time. And I talk about this a lot on Twitter about, and like you were saying about wanting to put things online that, you know, if your kids saw, I, I try and just put stuff out there that is useful and people can get something from, but 
So yeah, I mean, the crypto thing's still a big, a big sort of something that I've got to learn. Uh, just, just because I find it also fascinating, and I listen to your podcast as well. So, um, and I didn't get half of it. So, <laughs> so that's that's on me. I needed to research a little bit more, but it was uh, it was a good show. The, um, bottom, the bottom line about that, we can we can move on past it is blockchain is going to interact in every aspect of a person's life in the near future that's that's right. that's almost indisputable so the um, that technology there that's driving the this this the cryptocurrencies is going to be in our lives and so it would it would do good for the average person to just spend 30 minutes trying to understand it. So yeah, if anyone's listening and you want some advice or just a little bit of a chat about it, you've got your man right here um, who will be able to help you out. And by that man, I mean Aaron. (laughs) Um, So uh, yeah, and you talked about side hustles as well. Um, The safe revolution? Yeah, safe revolution. It's a biometric safe. It's, uh, I think it's a, it's a beautiful safe. I think that the, it's a, it's, um, you know, we're in America, you generally associate a biometric safe with guns. And, uh, I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing to hold guns and to, and to keep your, your belongings safe, at least the stuff that you don't want people messing with, whether that's your guns, whether that's, you got a little bit of gold lying around a little bit of change a uh, couple hundred dollars, uh, whatever. It's an, it's a, it's a great deterrent. It's been a, it's been a great project, man. Um, it's the first, it's the first project that I launched in, at, in it's the second project that I have done where it's been fully online. The first one being the podcast and, but it's my first retail. It's my first dive into retail. I actually thought about doing, you know, drop shipping and decided that I would, I would rather have a physical product, something that I invested time in and knew that was an excellent, an excellent product. And so that was a pretty cool, it was pretty cool, you know, like contacting the manufacturer, working with the company, with the designers, uh, getting the samples, uh, sending money and, you know, working with an importer and that was that was a really neat that was a really neat process and i think it's an excellent safe i think that there's still work to, that needs to be done on on delivering uh the message i think that at least in the united states you have more than 50 percent of gun owners don't even own a safe you know i have a i have a little boy running around and i don't need to have uh my my weapon on the side of the on the side of the bed anymore you know that's that's not safe and Little boys, little girls, they get into stuff. They, they want to yeah. explore. And um, there's just certain valuables. You know, we have, we have uh, people, we have guests. And, and I just, I'm at a, a point in my life where I just don't want certain things out. And yeah. so I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty happy about the safe. And I think other people would, uh, would really like it as well. I think that yeah. it's interesting. I, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you a little story I, I haven't shared yet why I picked the safes is because when I was a little kid, my dad used to take us hunting and he had a bunch of guns, gun nut, 
And he taught me, and I was probably like, I was in, I remember I was in fourth grade. So I don't, I don't even know what that age is. I was in about fourth grade, third, third or fourth grade, actually. And uh, my parents used to, they both worked. So me and my brother would be at the house and my brother was never taught anything about guns. My, my parents deemed him uh, not emotionally stable enough to handle guns. Well, we're all kids. Like my dad was a weirdo. Like that's, that's a whole nother story for later, but for whatever <laughs> reason, he took me out hunting. He never took my brother out hunting, even though my brother was older. And so my, my dad had just these little cabinets that had a, uh, uh, not even a lock, like, I don't know, it's the eighties. So like, I don't even remember how it was secured, but basically it was secured in some hodgepodge way. So I would, me and my brother, when my, my parents were gone, we'd have a little bit of time after school and we'd play with these guns. And I taught my brother how to load the guns and which guns we use. And we're just kids playing with guns in my parents' house. Well, one of these days, I, I showed my brother how to load uh, a gun. It's in the U.S. It's called a thirty out six. It's a bolt action uh, weapon, and uh, showed my brother how to do the safety and all that stuff over time. You know, because I've I've been educating my brother on, on guns, <laughs> kids educating kids, and yeah. he shot that thing accidentally inside the house, through the back door. It went through the back door, through the railing. And luckily it hit the, our picnic table in the backyard and went into the ground, man, freaked out, absolutely freaked out. Uh, we, we tried, I mean, man, we tried patching the back door. <laughs> Can you imagine little kids trying to patch a back, back door, back screen, yeah. door, uh, <laughs> putting some wood putty on like we, uh, on the picnic table. I mean, man, we were, we freaked out and, uh, we didn't know what to do. We spent hours on it. Luckily, nobody, nobody made a, yeah. anything. And no, luckily nobody got hurt. Cause you know, we had neighbors. I mean, this was like no joke. Like we were near big streets and stuff. So when it came to the decision, when I had a list of projects to pick, I picked that safe because people, parents think, and even my parents thought that, Hey, my, not my kid, not my, not my relative. And the fact is, is yes, your kid. Yes, my yeah. kid. And I think that gun uh, gun ownership in the U.S., one of the major problems with gun ownership in the United States is they're just not secured weapons. I don't think it needs to be a law. We can get into second minutes and stuff like that. But I think that parents have a responsibility to keep their weapons safe in their house. The average person might not be a gun nut in the United States, but we got we got more guns in the United States than people in the United States and the average person mid 20, somebody owns a pistol in their house. The likelihood yeah. that somebody owns a pistol in their house is really high. The likelihood that they own a safe less than 50% and it's, it's not good. And that's why I picked it. I live in the UK or from the UK, no guns over here, but if you're gonna, if there's no gun laws and you're allowed to have guns, you've got to at least put in that precaution so they can't get hold, you know, so someone can't get hold of guns. So, yeah. And I looked at the safes as well, and they, they look smart. Your your safes look smart. They're so, awesome, man. They really are. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll put the notes in the sh in, um, the links in the show notes about that. Um, yeah. So you've got you've got two kids. Am I right? Yep. Two boys. One is a little yeah. more than two, and the other one is four months. And how are you finding that? Oh, I love being a dad. 
It's the best. Yeah. It's the best. We talk we talk about this a lot because when we when we talk just about being involved in another human's life and being that sort of guiding light for them at at that, that age, it's just it's amazing to me. I, I I love being a dad. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's the best. There's nothing. There's no greater joy that I have than being a father. And I I used to hear that a lot from people. They'd be like, well, just wait until you have kids. Just wait until you have kids. And kind of in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, sure. Okay, cool. They were right. It's no no greater joy. I, I actually don't understand people who don't like having kids. Yeah. I know, I know there are a few. I get it. I mean, there are some exceptions. But uh, I, 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 th- I think that's a lot to do with the person. And the more I get involved with what I'm doing online and talking to people like you – it's all a mindset thing. And we've talked before and we'll talk about it now, actually. What struggles do you face as a dad uh, that you didn't expect to face, if that makes Yeah, I would say the biggest struggle is my own personal character defects on projected to my son. Yes. And being very mindful of that he that children are, they learn at genius levels from about six months old to six years old, literal genius levels. And after that, it starts dwindling and tapering down a little bit to whatever their, their overall level will be. But at this time, genius levels, they observe and process every mannerism, behavior, tone of voice, twitch of the eyebrow hand on the hip anything anything they process that and the things that I struggle with the most in my character that I'm personally working on subconsciously it's it's there a lot and and so I don't there's things that I just don't want to pass on to my son and I'm hyper sensitive and hyper aware of it and it's still and sometimes just those little things uh, stick out or even the, the, the personality traits or character defects that I believe that I have that I didn't really notice before I had a son or kids. Yes. Yeah. So they brought them out a little bit further. Yeah. Cause now you have, now I have to ask myself, is this a behavior that I, is this a behavior that I would want my son to display? If not, I need to change me. Because I can't change him because he is a mini me at the moment. Kids are mini yous until they are there. Of course, they have their own little package. Even my, my four-month-old is displaying different, a different person than my son. Mm. But, but the, it's still at this time, I am, and his mom are the biggest influence in his life. And I'm also hypersensitive to uh, what he watches on on uh, tv but he doesn't watch tv hypersensitive what he watches on youtube he only watches the youtube for kids and it, and it's very monitored and yeah i mean i just th- that's that's what's on my mind every day you know i yeah. point I, if, if we walk through through a department store and there's some kid who's displaying some behavior that i don't want my son to have i'll say hey you don't behave this is you see that behavior you should not behave like that look at this and yeah. i and i'm constantly pumping and filling him full of full of advice full of full of as much wisdom as i can offer him 
and trying yeah. to, mold, to mold him. Sometimes we just, we're quite hard on ourselves as dads. And, you know, it's good to be able to bounce things off. I mean, even us talking now and the times that we've talked before, I've, I've got something out of it where I can mold, I can change a, a, a defect that I have and maybe just do, do a part of what you've said, if that makes sense. So we've got something to bounce something off. And that this is where the find your tribe thing comes in. So how, would you say that it's an important part for you as a father to have other fathers to talk to about fatherhood? hundred percent, hundred percent. Like it, I used to be that single guy who hung out with my buddies who had kids and you know, there would be a migration almost every time of they would s slowly start spending more time with other families, other, uh, other, whatever, um, stage of life they were in with their, with their kids and their groups. And I think that that's just natural. I think that it's just natural for human beings to share experiences with each other at certain and various stages of life. And so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. If somebody is, has kids and they're sitting there and they got a, they got a kid and they got a wife and they still want to go out to the bar every Friday night with their boys. Like they're still in high school or college. You're playing the wrong game, man. You're in the wrong yeah. spot. Yeah. hundred percent. You're going to lose. You're going to lose. And, and you're going to look back on that and you're going to feel like that's, you made a, you made a mistake. There's no, there's nobody that even my brother was, uh, had some struggles with his kids and my nephews are now 16 and 17 and my brother has had to change because, and, and has had some regrets on the way his behavior was in the, in the beginning stages of his kids' lives. It happens yeah. to everybody. That's why it's so good to talk to people because, and it's like we said, it's a like-minded, you're drawn to talking to fellow dads because you are a dad um, and they can relate to the, to the things that you're going through. But for, for me personally, I find it, you know, when we jump on a call and talk or if I talk to some of the other tribe members and we can just chat, you know, sometimes you can get yourself worked up about a situation and the things that you've learned from talking to someone else, one of your tribe, um, just kicks into play and you go, oh, wow, actually, I don't need to be worrying about this. But in, in 10 minutes time, this is not going to be an issue. So just don't, you know, don't rage for no reason because you will end up damaging a relationship the more times that you don't learn from your, from your mistakes. And being in, being in a tribal setting, especially with fatherhood and, and I talk a lot about fatherhood and, and addictions and stuff like that. The main component I find is that accountability and that support. And I'm able to give people a call and having like-minded people around you and being able to chat to fellow dads about this sort of stuff, I find is, is, is very important. Yeah, um, I think the way you, yeah. I think you, way you position the tribe starting out on the onset you know, when you first got onto this, this, the public social media scene was well, just, it's just spot on. And 
we all need a, we all need a, a tribe. I mean, heck, Tim Ferriss came out with a book, Tribe of Mentors. I mean, everybody, successful people in business have mentors. Successful people in anything that they do has a, a tribe of mentors. And in just in life, we just are meant to be with groups of people and that mentality. And but it's you know fractured. It's fractured. And yes. and but that's where the social media has almost bridged that gap. If 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 the social media is done right, I'm not saying I'm, I don't necessarily. I mean, I mean, I know Facebook's a social media, but I, for me at the moment, Twitter is the best platform to do this. And at least in the social media side, um, I found it a very useful tool to be able to tell people exactly what I've gone through. So to be able to honestly give my experiences, and for people that I can't t- talk to face to face. For them to know, oh man, like this this find a tribe guy, he's had the same struggles as I had. So and another thing that I see from you connecting online, I only saw it this recently, but I know that you practice it in your life. And I know from talking to you that you're quite disciplined with this sort of stuff is um, uh, jiu-jitsu yeah, as well. Yeah, jiu-jitsu, yes sir. Yeah. So talk, talk to us about that. How long have you been doing it? And if you can relate it back to everything that we've talked about, I imagine that being in that discipline carries over quite a lot into your life as well. Absolutely. Uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was one of those things that changed my life. I I started when I was 35, so more than two, two and a half, almost two and a half years now. I was pretty out of shape and... I worked out all my life. I mean, I've always been pretty active. Lifting weights was how I was active. Going to the gym, running until I died on the treadmill. I, I've swung enough kettlebells, lifted enough weights. I could just don't like it. Like, it's not stimulate. It was not stimulating for me. And I was sitting there going, what do I got to do? And I was listening to a Jocko podcast. I was a, I'm an early, very early Jocko podcast listener. Uh, from right when, from the time that guy walked onto the stage in Tim Ferriss' show. And he talked about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu all the time, all the time, how it's life-changing and him and Echo Charles, life-changing. And so I was like, okay, I got a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy near me. I'm going to try it. And uh, I, you know, I, I, I walked in uh, one day and said, I wanted to try it. And so I tried it. And, uh, but the thing was, was I told myself, if I'm going to go in and I'm going to try this, I'm not going to quit. I just stopped. It was full stop. I'm going to give it six months, day in and day out, or as much as I could. And at that time, it was about, uh, I signed up for two classes a week. That was what was recommended to me. So uh, so I was like, okay, I can do it. I'm not going to quit six months. And within probably three months, like I was, I was done hooked. Hooked, change your life. Yeah. And here's why. Is uh, number one. Uh, what, what is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a ground grappling. It's um, If anybody who watches MMA, it's like the basis of where MMA is on the ground. So it's, it's grappling. It's a submission-based grappling. And what a submission is, when you talk about submission in real life, it's essentially, it's where you are either going to physically maim somebody by breaking uh, bones or joints in their body yeah. or, or choking them unconscious, which essentially if unchecked, you can kill somebody. 
And so that's what a submission is. It's right before the bad stuff, the really bad stuff happens. And that takes place on the ground. And that's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But that's, that's the, the, the raw side of it. The mental side of it the, is there is so much learning, humility, patience. Any character defect that you have is going to come out on those mats. If you were a bully in real life, you're going to try to bully somebody on the mats, and you're going to get humbled. Um, if you're a, a, a long if-then thinker, you're going to be challenged on the mat. If I do this, then this person's going to do that. It is, is essentially a, a, the longest if-then statement for you tech nerds out there, or it's a, a human chess. It's, it's, a, it's a, a live, organic human chess. And for me, it's changed my life in a number of different ways. Um, the way I think through situations and scenarios, the way I, you know, there's a dichotomy involved in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu where, where the, the mantra is relax and breathe. You know, like when you're, when you have somebody who's uh, 50 pounds heavier than you trying to choke you out, and that's all you think about. You just think about nothing else in your life. I don't care what you got going on in your life. I don't care if your kid shit all over himself. I don't care if you're getting bankrupt. I don't care if you're old late. You found out your old lady was cheating on you. Trust me, you are not thinking about one thing at that moment. And it's a it's a very beautiful thing. And at that time, you have to relax and breathe. You have to relax and breathe. And you're and and it's just this. Some people meditate. I do jujitsu. I mean, I, I can't tell you. I just, I, I, nothing else matters at that time when, I, when you're on the mats. And I think that I've learned a lot of patience as well. Uh, I, my confidence level is, is, it skyrockets. As a man, before yeah. jujitsu, I couldn't defend myself. Before jujitsu, if some somebody came up to me and and tried to punk me out in front of my wife and kids. Do I re- did I really have the confidence that I could defend them against even a bully or some drunk guy or who knows what? Nah, not really. I mean, I thought no. I did. You know what I mean? But no. I mean, so uh, there, that that has also led into different uh, areas of my life where I want to be able to add to my skill set of jujitsu. And it's you're never too old. It's safe uh, if you're at, especially if you're at the right academy. It's the safest thing. And, uh, that you can do, I mean, old guys come in young, young, young kids can come into it. You're never too old. You're never disabled. Uh, I mean, I mean, there's guys in there who's got, who's messed themselves up for outside injuries, foot, they got a whole uh, completely immobile arms, dislocated shoulders. You could still roll. You could still do something else. I, I hurt yeah. my knee. I hurt my knee last week. I'm still going to go today. You know, I could do something else. I could practice something else. It's all good. And so, uh, jujitsu, jujitsu is, is for me, it's the, it's just an amazing martial art with real world practical application. Yeah. So where it sounds like you can, you've carried those skills that you've learned over from, from that genre to, to move it over into the real world. So you've got, you've learned patience, intensity as well, confidence that it's, it just carries over. So, and tons I've heard tons of humility. You'll be humbled. You'll you will yeah. learn humility. And if you and if you walk out of there, 
if you can't learn humility on those mats, you uh, might be beyond you to learn some humility at that least yeah. at that stage in your life. You are comp- the, the and the last thing I'm gonna tell tell you tell you about the mat too is uh, when you talk about humility, is you can be a super famous actor or billionaire millionaire, whatever your social status is is nothing but equal on the mats. Yeah. You, you are the same. Two white belts rolled in, you're the same. Uh, yeah, minus, sounds... minus, minus, minus the belt level. Of course, you can start getting into the belt level and stuff like that. But the brotherhood, I'll, I'll tell you the last thing too. Uh, this is, uh, this is, and I want to tie this into your the tribe as well. The community, the fellowship involved in, in or with that comes with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is incredible. Absolutely incredible. You meet another person on the streets and they're wearing a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu shirt. Hey man, how you doing, man? Which academy? Oh, okay, cool. Who's your who's your guy? And or who's your professor or who's your instructor? Or how do you like it? How long have you been there? What's your belt rank? If that guy's a if that guy's a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and you're a white belt and you've been doing it for six months, that guy's not gonna say, Oh, you're just a, a white belt. I mean, he might if he's a dick. Because you I mean there's some dicks. You know, there's some guys out there, but for the most part, he's going to be like, oh yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah. I remember my journey. It's awesome. I'm glad you're doing it. And, uh, you guys, you know, you, you're going to have, you're going to have a conversation. You can go. I went to, I, I did some tournaments last year and man, I went to Chicago. I went to Nashville. I went to New York, I went to all these places and, uh, you walk into an Academy and everybody's cool, man. Hey, how you doing? Where are you from? Welcome. Yeah. Um, Everybody at my academy is just so uh, welcoming to people. Uh, it's just such a friendly environment. They help each other out. Eventually, you become friends with these guys, and they just encourage you in every aspect of your life. And then, you know, these guys that were at first that, you know, you said, hey, this guy's rich, or this guy or this gal is like this, and they have this social status. Now, all of a sudden, you just built this connection in this network. It really changes your life, man. Um, and I can't say, I can't say, I think that, Aside from the, the the personality and the character development of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, the social aspect of it is they're they're right up they're they're tied. Yeah, because that's your tribe. Yeah. I preach about it all the time. I find it I find it so fascinating and I'm passionate about it, um, especially when it comes to to men's side of stuff and dads. Just that whole brotherhood, I think, is probably the best word or tribe tribe so yeah i mean if i i find it so important because because of the stages that i was at in my life when the addiction had really got hold and life was becoming more of a struggle than it needed to be um and i'd let it get to that point you know i was just using booze as a as a mask for masking all the all the things that i was I'd suppressed and all the pain that i'd gone through and actually reaching out and finding like like-minded people and being able to you know when i tell a story and they're like oh man yeah that's exactly what it was for me and and having that kind of yeah just that being able to be raw and honest with people and then for them not to you know judge you and for them to just say yeah i i understand you and i'm here to help you i mean we talked a teeny bit about sobriety um that's kind of how we connected and is that been a similar thing for you being able to surround yourself with with like-minded people to get you through. Um, yeah, I think yeah, absolutely. I think that I 
I used to be, I got sober when I was 28. And I think that I know that before I was, before that time, I didn't ask for help from anybody for anything. I could do it all myself. Yeah. yeah. Hell, I could self, I could self teach myself Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. That's what I thought. You name it. Uh, I can make millions by myself. I can make billions by myself. My delusional, I was delusional, man. And when I learned that how important it is to ask for help, to seek mentors, to get into a group that of like-minded people, that really changed everything. And sobriety uh, cleared all that up for me. Yeah. And now I'm the biggest advocate of find some, get some, get a tribe, get a, a group of like-minded people. Even if they're not like-minded, find a group of like struggling people. Yeah. And inside that group, you'll find like-minded people because you might not always find like-minded people in like struggles. I get you. Yeah. You and this is, this, this, this is one of the things that I've said. It doesn't matter if, Form form your tribe. I say like-minded people because your my like-minded people would be the case of a dad trying to find another dad to help. But yeah. you don't always you don't always get that. It could be a group of just a group of men. But you will within that group you'll find out who's got strengths, who's got weaknesses, and how you can mesh them all to to well one for the betterment of the tribe and two to better yourself. Yeah. Um, so you can pull skill sets from here, there, and everywhere to to make you better and to make the tribe better. So yes, like-minded people might be just a, a, a smaller term in terms of the bigger picture. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll put this in an illustration. This is just my experience and my experience. And other people might have different experiences, but, if they, but maybe if they, they want to do even a self-examination. The life-changing events for me all happened via groups. Example, um, I found a, a, a group of people that could help me and struggled with the same thing that I did with alcohol. I found a group of people when I was uh, trying to figure out what this life is, group of, a group of uh, Christians in my life. Uh, from there, um, uh, I wanted to figure out this, uh, I wanted to get better I wanted to get healthier and fit. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu changed my life. Yeah. Right. I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to. I struggled with. I. I wanted to get better at this whole entrepreneurship, social media, online. Guess what I got? A group of people. Guess what it's done? Changed my life. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Every time I got into uh, uh, a tribe, my life changed. For the better, even in the even in the corporate business world, I surrounded. How did I climb corporate ladders real quick? I surrounded myself within my industry with a group of people that I could ask for help with, and 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 move up and, and keep going with it. So there's no, there might be some. There's some people that can, but the, I think you're gonna find a success in groups. Yeah. I relate it back to my own story, as I always do, just try and give you my experience. My experience is, you know, recovering from alcohol, nearly 17 months sober. And 
I still haven't got life figured out and I probably never will. So to have people around me that I'm able to bounce ideas off or talk to, we are focused on what we are trying to do in terms of bettering each other and bettering ourselves. So then we can go on and help others do that sort of thing. And, you know, the groups that I talk to and the groups that I'm in and this tribe group, you know, are helping me to become a better father, a better dad and a better man and being able to navigate life better. And having people around you to do that, in my eyes, is, you know, that's a, it's a bonus. You know, I struggled trying to go through life on my own without reaching out for help or it would come out in different ways. Yeah, I just, why struggle when you could, when you could do this sort of stuff? That's kind of my point. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So have you got any more side hustles going on? That's kind of my, I'm, I'm interested always by what you've got to say on, on things with regards to that. Yes. Yes. And no. So my, what I'm good at is picking up and taking off where somebody where somebody else started. So for example, if, if there is somebody who can get to level one, two, and three, but they struggle right around that three mark, let's just say that's starting, let's just say that they're good entrepreneurs, they can start and they can hustle, but then they kind of get bogged down with the minutia of running a business, the management, the execution, the system side of it. Let's just say that that's a three. I'm really good at picking up at three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and taking it and keep going with it. What yeah. I'm not good at is one, two, and three. And so sometimes uh, I get a little bogged down trying to do a little too much. So I've really tried to limit it to the uh, e-commerce and the, and I want to stay in the crypto space. So since we, since we, since we sold, uh, there's another business that I've identified that I really want to be involved in. Cause I still, this, I, I, I love the, the blockchain and the crypto space. And so, I have another business that I've been working on. So just the two and, and that's it. That's, that's all I'm going to, all I'm going to do. And that's two, that's probably one too many <laughs> in, my, in yeah. my experience, because I, I, I know that when I'm zeroed in on something, I, I tend to do better, but I also believe that, that I, I can't close the door on, on both of these things that have started because you know, you just, I just never know what they'll, they'll turn into. For all, for all the American listeners, check out uh, thesaferevolution.com, thesaferevolution.com, and follow me at Sup Aaron Paul for more. If you believe that I can be helpful to you and add to your tribe, I'd appreciate it. Roscoe, it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the past few months and talking to you and, and just developing a relationship. And man, I appreciate the hell out of you. Thanks for the, the first podcast i i think that's awesome man you're more than welcome and yeah guys everyone listening you go follow aaron on twitter and connect uh, i say this to people it's fine just go and follow people but you need to connect because because aaron has got a lot of knowledge about a lot of different things and he will surprise you with the things that we've covered in in this episode a great chat, mate, and I'm I'm really really do appreciate you coming on and and uh yeah let's talk again soon. All right, bro. Thanks for listening, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Roscoe, and that's R zero S C O three, and that's got links to my newsletter and to this podcast, which is on Anchor FM 
slash find your tribe, all one word. Thanks for being with us. Have a lovely day. Take care.